The second section of Psalms, known as the Exodus Psalms, remind us that the God who redeemed us is still with us. In fact, He has promised to never leave us or forsake us. Today, we join Scott Pauling in opening God's roadmap for life. Find your place in the Word of God in the Psalms, and let's discover what God has for us along the way. Aren't you glad that the God of heaven is concerned about what's going on on earth? Uh, you know, we are earthbound creatures, at least for this time. Our eternal home is yet to come. We're headed for eternity. Uh, I like the words of the old song, This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. But while we're passing through, aren't you glad that the God who sits in heaven is interested, that He cares about what's going on here on earth? Psalm number 113. No, I didn't skip many, many psalms. I'm going back to our psalm for the day. But Psalm number 113, I was reading this morning just devotionally. And it talks about the Lord being high and above all. And then it says that He humbles Himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Think about this. A God so great, so high, and yet so merciful and so loving that He would come to us that He would consider us, that He would care what happens on earth. That's really the theme of today's psalm. It's Psalm 65. And it's beautiful to see how so many of these psalms connect to one another, even in expressions. For example, I noticed this morning that there is a similar turn of phrase in Psalm 65 and in Psalm 113 when it relates to the morning and to the evening hours. Uh, but Psalm 65 begins this way, Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. So we know that Psalm 65 is a psalm of praise. In fact, the inscription of the psalm is unique. It says, A psalm and song of David. Now why would it say it that way? Because Psalm 65 was written in such a way that it could either be spoken or it could be sung. Uh, may I say to you, all great songs should be that way. A song that's full of truth and full of doctrine. It's not just about how it sounds, it's about what it says. Uh, the great things uh, in a song are the lyrics, uh, the content, the substance. And so Psalm 65 was not just something beautiful to listen to. Psalm 65 was full of truth and so it could be spoken. We know that David wrote it because it says it's a psalm of David, but we don't know exactly when he wrote it. Psalm 65 follows a series of psalms that were all about praying and begging God for His strength and wisdom and grace and protection. So it's really a fitting thing that after all this prayer, we come to praise. Uh, your prayer life should lead you to praise. And as you ask the Lord to do certain things, you should do it with thanksgiving. And when the Lord answers your prayer, you should come back and give Him glory and praise for it. And Psalm 65 begins a short series within this section of the Psalms of four Psalms that really are all about praise. And we'll look at all of them. But we begin here with Psalm 65. Now as I read through these 13 verses again, I realized that Psalm 65 in many ways is a Psalm that reminds us of God's goodness on the earth. It is one of the Psalms of creation, the created world, or of nature, if you will. And yet, it doesn't begin that way. 
It begins with the personal. Oh, this is wonderful. Psalm 65 begins by praising God for what God has done for me personally, internally, if you will. And then it moves to praising God for what He has done naturally or in the world around us externally. Psalm 65 verse 2 says, O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. So he begins by saying, Lord, I want to praise you that you hear prayer. Verse 3, iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. He says, I want to praise you that you have purged my sin all away. How many of you can just stop right there today and say, thank you, Jesus, that your iniquities, your sins are not held against you. They're not dangling over your head. Oh, if you have confessed your sin to the Lord, then God has cleansed it. He's purged them away. Verse 4, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. So he says, I want to praise you that I get to come into the presence of God. And there's an order here. In verse 3, your sins have to be cleansed and purged before you can come into the holy place in verse 4. So I want to praise God today that he's heard my prayer, that he's forgiven my sin, that he's allowed me to live in his presence. He says in verse 5, By terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are afar off upon the sea. He says, I want to praise you that you're my confidence. Do you see the beautiful progression of what God has done in us? He's heard our prayer. He's forgiven our sin. He's brought us into his presence and he's given us confidence to the ends of the earth uh, that God is with us and that God is for us. So Psalm 65 opens with praise for what God has done for me personally. Now, could I challenge you to do something today? If you want praise to fill your heart, begin by reflecting on the goodness of God to you personally. Begin by thinking of how wonderful the Lord has been to you. And I think this is very important, the, the divine order in the psalm. He does not begin with physical things. Now, he's going to come to physical things in a moment and material things. I'll show you that at the end of Psalm 65. But he begins with spiritual things. So often when we praise God and thank God, it is for food, it's for clothes, it's for a house, it is for physical things around us. And there's nothing wrong with praising God for that. There's everything right about that. But friend, the greatest thing you and I have to praise God for is the spiritual because that's what lasts. You see, the physical things could be taken away. Job said, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How can you keep praising God when the physical and the material are not what you want them to be? By realizing that the spiritual is always yours and that the spiritual gifts that God gives to you, He does not take back. So then, once praising God for His personal blessings, he moves to praising God for all the natural things around him. He says in verse 6, "...which by His strength set us fast the mountains, being girded with power." Lord, I want to thank You for the mountains. I live in the mountains and I love the mountains. And when I look at the mountains and the strength of them, I'm reminded of the God who planted them there. The mountains don't stay there by their own power. They stay there by God's power. They're a testimony to us. In verse 7, he takes us to the ocean, which stilleth the noise of the seas, the noise of, the wa of their waves, and the tumult of the people. Uh, many times in Scripture, the, the ocean water, the, the turmoil of it is a, a picture of nations and people groups moving and changing all the time. Uh, God can say, peace be still and change all that. 
Verse 8, They also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid at thy tokens. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and the evening to rejoice. Here's a great practical lesson for us. We should begin every morning rejoicing in God. We should end every day in the evening rejoicing in God. Verse 9, Thou visitest the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn when thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. Friend, when the rain starts falling, rejoice. God sent it. Verse 11, Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. Every year is God's gift to us. Some people believe this psalm was written for the Day of Atonement, for that day every year where they rejoiced in the goodness of God and His mercy to them. We should do that every day. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. Psalm 65 ends with a shout and a song. I hope today your life will be filled with a shout and a song. I hope it will end today with a shout and a song. How can you do that? By praising God for His personal blessings to you and His natural gifts all around you. If you would like more information on knowing the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal way or more information on growing in your faith, please visit us at scottpauley.org. We would love to hear from you. From there, you may also download your free copy of A Ready Reference of the Psalms to help you in our current study. We are praying that God will guide you today and that you will enjoy the journey.